Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Underground USA. Welcome back to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. Please check out everything we do at undergroundusa.com. Sign up for the new Substack-based mail-out that gets our most recent products in your inbox when they happen. It's going to become increasingly more important as we get closer to the midterms and to the 2024 general election. Here's this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder as broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder here, and let me tell you about my guest, Frank Savato. He's executive partner at Compass Point Group and host of the Underground USA podcast. His analysis has been cited by the House of International Relations Committee, has been published by the American Enterprise Institute, the Washington Times, and are internationally syndicated. Frank is the author of six monographs examining the threats facing our country. He can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on Salem and Genesis Communication Affiliate Stations. By the way, his uh, website, undergroundusa.com. Frank, how are you, sir? Mr. Wilder, good to hear your voice again. You know, you have always used that, Mr. Wilder. Boy, one of these days... if. What if I decide to identify myself as a dog? If, if, <laughs> if you do that, according to the rubric of today's society, you've got every right to identify as a dog. I do, and I might become the dog of the year. Right? Well, you know, at, at certain <laughs> times I think being a dog would probably get me treated better, so you might have the right idea there. Yeah. One thing, you get petted more, you know, unless well, you're you know, somebody like Elvis or something. I don't know. There is that. Yes. I don't want to put you on the spot here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, you know, talk about perfect timing. Uh, well, kind of. You know, I, I went ahead and read your entire The Failure of Globalism. Okay, I read about that. and But then, holy moly, here it is, a brand new one. It's still dripping with the ink. If only the Biden administration was serious about the sanctions against Russia and clean fuel. Perfect timing, Frank, on, on both of our parts, because here we go. House Democrats yesterday, you know, they blocked consideration of the Republican bill that was aiming for U.S. energy independence, uh, wow, from Russia and the Ukraine oil. It's, uh, you know, the, the green energy, 
And and I had a news story a while ago and all about, you know, how much is in the uh, the Permian Basin and New Mexico. I mean, you know, we're all set for it, but uh, wow. And you say all the chests. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's a, it's not only oil that, that we are, are resourceful rich in. It's also natural gas. Right. Clean. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which a couple of years ago, the left was screaming that they wanted us all to be switching to, to natural gas because it burned cleaner. It was better for the environment. As a matter of fact, uh, in the piece, I actually put a link to uh, the U.S. Department of Energy's propaganda from 2007, which was during the Obama administration, mm-hmm. that was talking about how fantastic yeah. um, a, a fuel source, natural gas, was in both the liquid form and the compressed form, and that they were urging people to move to that in order to use it as a gateway to get to hydrogen. So what mm-hmm. changed? Well, yeah, you've got a president in now that is completely on his knees for the green energy movement that is doing everything they can to make sure that everything that derives from fossil fuels, whether it be, whether it's oil or natural gas, is so expensive that it levels the playing field for the overly expensive green energy outlets. That's, that's yeah. the only way you can look at this, is they're trying to make green energy affordable by mm-hmm. raising the, affordable, or the prices of, of fossil fuels, which are affordable. So it, this is all contrived. It's all manufactured yeah, yeah. to be this way. It's funny, the uh, the current president, he was vice president back in 2007, right, with yeah. Barack Obama. And it, it just, it's like, you know, it doesn't fall far from the tree, the apple, but apparently it did this time and busted its head. Hey, listen, uh, I wanted to tell you that, uh, believe it or not, uh, I went to high school in the city okay, in New Mexico, that is uh, on the map as the uh, capital, what is it, the capital of uh, natural gas, I guess, the gas capital, yeah, the natural gas capital of America, and the population there is about 3,000 average, and it's spelled J-A-L, JAL, New Mexico, and uh, that's, that's where the biggest percentage of your natural gas comes from and uh, yeah. it, it very interesting you know and, it, and it's clean but of course uh, you know whenever they're uh you've got all the oil wells around there sometimes you know the the air you smell the gas coming out but it it doesn't kill you i'm here hey frank let's take a break and i'll get back on my lungs uh resuscitator <laughs> <laughs> yes frank savato UndergroundUSA.com. We're going to get into more of this, by the way, and uh, this one entitled, If Only the Biden Administration Was Serious About the Sanctions Against Russia and Clean Oil. And uh, if time permitting, we'll get into the failure of globalism, too. Frank Savato. Be right back. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies. A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? Larry Fink, BlackRock, taking your money, betting on China. 
Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato and uh, discussing uh, one of his latest here entitled, If Only the Biden Administration Was Serious About Sanctions Against Russia and Clean Fuel, Clean Energy. Boy, it, it, they must think everybody in America is, is, is just stupid or just lives on every little word they say like it's, you know, it's the, the Bible or something. I don't know. It's, uh, we're not that stupid, you know? No, it's a, it's a level of arrogance. Yeah, that that is permeating our our governmental sphere, and it's it it's, it goes across the aisles. There's mm-hmm. a, a detachment there when you get into the Beltway in Washington D.C. that allows for a filter between uh, reality and and the political world. Uh, but it's the disingenuous arrogance that actually uh, yeah, yeah. people are getting a little sick and tired of when you've got a. But you know. Yeah, An administration and, thumping clean energy and clean energy, and we want to get away from fossil fuels and clean energy. But just you know, yeah. just ten years ago, you're you're talking about about the, the clean natural gas and the abundance of it, and we need to move that way. And then you're castigating it mm-hmm. just because of the political change in Washington. Uh, you know, we could see that. Yeah, and for you know the global warming crowd, I almost said nuts crowds. Okay, got it. <laughs> Uh, you know, in your article here, you talk about, you know, and, and, and I know there's a lot of city folks that don't know this, but when you talk about natural gas, all right, it's 60 to 90% less smog producing pollutants. Now, that ought to throw you to death, you know. And then what's the other one? 30 to 40% less greenhouse gas emissions. I think you've heard, uh, you know, the word emissions, that's a, a global warming. People use that a lot. Yeah. So this is like almost 50% less greenhouse oh. gas emissions, you know, GGE. <laughs> well, this is this is the tug of war that happens between uh, the, the fossil fuel pro- proponents and green energy proponents. It's Both see it as it's got to be one way or the other. Yeah. And that's just a false choice. We If, if we were... If we had a, an administration and a government that was actually stewarding things for the common good, which is a, a, a very overstretched phrase these days, because everything comes under the banner of common good, even the, the, the extreme activism, we would, we would have a Department of Energy that's saying renewables are a great idea. It's not ready yet. The technology is too expensive and it's too unreliable. We know fossil fuels work. We can try and graduate from from oil and gasoline to the natural gas, use it as a gateway to hydrogen, and then maybe we can get to the, to uh, to renewable energy in the long run. But all of it has to work together right now so that we can serve the people. And all of the above approach is the way to go with, with energy. There's no other way to look at that. When you, when you try to say it has to be one way or the other, you're pitting demographics against each oh. other, and the common good is never served. So you hit it. You hit it right there on the nail. Because whenever you talk about pitting against each other, it's gotten to a point, you know, with the Democrats and the Republicans, and I think uh, the Trump syndrome had a heck of a lot to do with it. But see, the bill that was that was voted down 
that was going to go for clean energy, that was a Republican bill, you know. And it's like, uh, you know, there are two different teams, right, to see, you know, oh, it's a Republican bill, you know. Well, we got Mitt Romney. Yeah, well, that's, you know. But it's when it makes sense, I mean, come on. I want to say, come on, man. Yeah, don't don't do that. I'll have to circle back to you. We've gotten to a point, and you're right. You're absolutely right. You've gotten to a point where if there's an R or a D behind it, half of right. the people in Washington aren't going to support it. It doesn't matter what it is. You yeah. could be saying you could be saying that the sky is blue, but if it's a Republican bill, the Democrats are going to vote against it. That's not good government. That's politics. That's been one of my one of my key sayings since that right in the beginning when I started writing and researching and getting into uh-huh. this. This information sphere was you have to put government before politics. George Washington said in this farewell address, he said, beware of factions in government. It'll be the death of the republic. Well, we're realizing that right now. His warning was cogent then. The warning is cogent now. Here's a hint for anybody who's running for office. If if you say once you get in, you're actually going to serve the people like you're supposed to, you're going to get more votes. Mm-hmm. If you say if you say that you're not going to allow your political party to lead you around by the nose, and just because Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi on the left or 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 Mitch Mumbles McConnell on the right says this is what you'll do or your bills will never come on the floor, raise the middle finger and say I'm going to vote the way my constituents would like me to vote because I serve them, not my party. That would be somebody who would get my vote. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if. Uh... Some leftists came up with a bill and said, we need to get rid of that word United States. No, really, United, yes. That's, uh, yeah. (laughs) Sadly, sadly, it would be accurate, because I don't see a lot of unity between the people of the states these days. Uh, If you you had the population of Texas or Florida standing against the population of, of Oregon or California or New York or Illinois, they, they don't, they're not, there's no unity there, mm-hmm. and that's because the federal government has played the art of division like a symphony, and and they are to blame. The national parties are to blame for the division that exists in this country right. today. They they would don't you, preach unity. Yeah, would you say it's pretty obvious though that most of it is coming from the left? For example, like you know, clinging to their guns and Bibles, you know, and stuff like I, that. You know, I think uh, there, I think there's a there's a uh, enough blame to scatter around, but the more caustic talk tends to always come from the left. That's where the yeah. if you remember back in the Bush days, it was that's where people started using the word liar, and that became mainstream. They started calling people Hitler, that became mainstream. They called started calling Republicans Nazi, and that became mainstream. So a lot of the extremist and caustic rhetoric it, it comes from. The left. Let me tell the listener, if you, if you think Frank is, is exaggerating, let's think about what the, the recent thing is, you know, that now we are domestic terrorists because yeah. we're white and we believe in the Second Amendment or the Constitution. I dare you. Or you think you can go to a school board meeting and actually meet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Domestic yeah. terrorists. Yeah, that's about as far as you can get. You, you've, got a, you've got a very arrogant a uh, very unlearned, emotion-based, extreme left today mm-hmm. that that believes because they feel a certain way, suddenly it's a right. 
and and that's you know the only rights we have as Americans are outlined in the in the Bill of Rights. Government doesn't bestow rights. Rights come from as it, as the documents say that we're endowed with certain unalienable rights by our Creator, not government. And and yeah. people need to start grasping the reality because it is a reality that the Bill of Rights of the Constitution limits government. It doesn't empower it. Right now, the government believes that they can make laws about anything they want, no matter what it says, including, let's get rid of United. You know, yeah. that's not the way we're set up. We're set up to have a limited government that stays with, within its lane so that our rights are protected because of their limitation. We've gotten way far away from that. Well, let's go back to when Frank Sabato was a young boy, okay? <laughs> Seven, are you ready? Yeah, and this really sums it up, you know. 1775, remember that year, Frank? Yeah, I, do. I think it was my 20th birthday, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and he and Ben Franklin had just gone out and got ice cream, and, and Ben Franklin said, they who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety Deserve neither liberty nor safety. Very good quote. I one of the few that I have tattooed on my arm. <laughs> so, oh, it's it, it's yeah. it's true. You you yeah. you know as as individualists, and that's what we are as Americans. That's why groupthink is so damaging to the to Americanism, and why the herd mentality is so damaging to Americanism. We, we were founded on individualism. And, and that allowed us the freedom to do the things that made this country great, like start businesses and, and, and worship the way we want to and, and exercise our free speech. You know, when you start getting into the herd mentality, you get into the woke thing where the cancel culture is allowed to exist. And you know what? In a perfect example also is just what happened with COVID. You know, there are and has always been, you know, you have a right to say what goes into your body. They couldn't force you to do it, you know. If you, okay, if you don't want to do it and you want to die, that's up to you. But no longer, uh-uh, you know, threaten yeah, jail now, time. Yeah, lose now, your business now if, you, if you don't need Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and if you don't take it, we'll just make it so that you lose your job, yeah. even if you're not a, a, a business owner, or that you can't go to school, or you can't go to a restaurant, or you can't engage in society. That's coercion. And, and because it's a government and a private sector partnership doing that, it's fascism. That's the definition of fascism. Mm -hmm. And right now, as much as some people don't want to admit it, our government is a fascist government. We may have a representative election process, but they're operating in a fascist scheme. Oh, yeah. They've never had this power. I mean, and it was so obvious, you know, during COVID, and it was... Uh... The uh, lefty Democrat, uh, lefty Democrat governors, you know, and 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 uh, what's the other? Well, anyway, kind of down the line, from governor on down the line, you give them a little bit of power, boy, and I mean, they just loved it, and I think their true dictatorship came right out of their little mouths most of the time. And California oh, and New York, I guess, were probably some of the worst. Lucky for I'll you, throw, you're not too far I'll, from Florida. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll, throw Michigan, I'll throw Michigan and Illinois in there. Yeah, now that's the lady that said nobody can use their boats on the lake except her husband. Yeah, except her husband got to, got to drop his boat in, and they, <laughs> yeah. they always went to the restaurants when everybody had to be quarantined. But pay no yeah. attention to that. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, they live in Capital City. We all live in District 12. Boy, District 12. I make that reference to the Hunger Games because some, sometimes life eerily depicts fiction. And what we're seeing right now is a, a realization of what the Hunger Games represented. Uh-huh. If you're an elite or, or, or you're, you're attached to the capital in any way, you can do whatever you want. But if you live in the rest of the country, which is now District 12, you'll do what you're told, you'll celebrate when you get the crumbs, and you won't complain about it. Otherwise, they come in and they devastate you. That's not the way the United States was set up to be. Well, sort of like the Pelosi syndrome, right? So if you follow Nancy, you get nasty. And good ice cream in, a, in a, like a, a million-dollar kitchen, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, with, this, with Nancy Pelosi, and I just noticed it the other day, she was doing it more than ever the last time I saw her, in fact, uh, on TV. She doesn't visit, and I just want to clear that up. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, she'd be a weird dinner guest for you, Chuck. Yeah. She must have one of these things, you know, where there is a, a known rule that you must be five feet, maybe five feet away from her so you don't get hit by her flinging arms. I have you never know, seen a, a, anybody, you know, that Hitler would only put one hand up, you know, and he'd hold it straight and, you know, kind of honorable, so to speak. <laughs> but Nancy Pelosi, you I, know, and there I, are certain people that do that, you know, when they point the finger when they talk, but she really gets carried away with it. Well, she's trying to create a, a renewable energy. Um, but, oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> you know, she, every time I see her, as she continues to age, I, I can't help but see Leona Helmsley. <laughs> well, I see and, like and, a... A goat out in the out in the field, you know, that's chomping on the food. Seriously, well, it's, you're just trying to get back to nature. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm seeing if you, if you remember the the arrogance and the elitism that dripped off Leona Helmsley, even as she was going down the tubes with her <laughs> with her life and her organization. It's it's really the, the same kind of mentality that you see in the hierarchy of Congress. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. It's a it's a let them eat cake attitude, and and they don't care if the United States burns or not. They've got theirs. Yeah, and you know, Frank, I I for for ages, I was totally against uh, term limits. Yeah, and for the first time in my life, I guess, uh, and COVID probably is what changed it. Not probably it did, I'm sure, but uh, term limits. Yeah, you know, and I would say eight years, eight years, and that's just. Too many. I mean, yeah, you know, I would. I, I have to join you in that. I used to. I used to rail against it because you know I you don't want to lose a good least, guy. Yeah, didn't want to lose a good guy. But you know what? It, it, citizens have to be. It, it, they have to be in control of government. And when you get a professional class, that falls away. So yeah, I'm all for term limits. All for them. Yeah, but guess who has to vote on term limits? Well, the Congress that don't want to give up that in, job. <laughs> Congress could either bring them in, or we could go to a con-con. We can go to a constitutional convention and make them do it. And and at yeah. this point, and I was never for one of those either, because I don't believe there's enough people in the country with the intelligence level of the founders to be able to protect the liberties and not do it gratuitously. Yeah, because I've got but I've right, got a, a an expert guest on that. You know uh, uh, that. Uh, yeah, the con con. That's uh, yeah. what is it? Five for some reason. The number five's on there, I think. But uh, 
anyway. Yeah, so. I just, I, I just, it, it's, it's to the point where we're, we're almost having no choice. Yeah. In fact, I just you remembered know. her name. It's funny. I have her once a week, Kelly Nelson. Yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, it's, really it's starting to get. Important. Hey, let's take a break, and and what do you want to talk about when we come right back? Because I just interrupted you. <laughs> Anything you want to, Chuck? It's your Let me write show, baby. <laughs> Let me write this down here. It's, uh, let's see, the failure of globalism. That we could probably take care of that in a minute. It's not about isolation. It's about self-reliance. That was Frank's previous article. If he wants to touch on that, I'll let him touch on anything he wants to touch. Just about undergroundusa.com Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Sabato. Uh, Another article he had out there, and I uh, looked it over, and and very interesting. It's entitled, The Failure of Globalism. It's not about isolation. isolationism it's about self-reliance i'll be okay i think i'm not sure anyway uh <laughs> and you uh it, interesting because you know people don't realize what you're getting into basically in the history of our wars and you just you just never know how serious it is but you should know just from history right well when you yeah it's, this is this is the problem with not teaching history in our schools we, we yeah. don't learn it and then we just naturally repeat the same mistakes after world war ii they you know they created uh non-governmental organizations that were that were global that were supposed to be discussion plate uh, places to overt war that's what the united nations was supposed to be it was supposed to be a gathering place to be able to talk about differences to overt violent conflict not everything you say that in your article today. yeah Pursuing peace in a better world. That's the United Nations, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's what it was supposed to be. It's absolutely not that today. It is it is something as grotesque as compared to what it was supposed to be. Um, but it was created to do that so that we were all, through trade and, and, and through foreign relations, we were all interconnected and dependent upon one another. That was supposed to replace the, the mutually assured destruction of, of violence in a nuclear age. Well, that doesn't work. We're seeing that right now. When you become super dependent on on certain countries, like Europe is with Russia as far as energy is concerned, it causes harm. My point in the article is that there's no... People who want the United States to be energy independent are not being isolationalist. We're being survivalist. There's no good reason why we shouldn't be able to to create everything we need, food, goods, products, innovations, indigenously in the United States, and trade with the rest of the world as a luxury. There's no reason that we can't be energy independent. I mean, we were. A year and a half ago, we were. And we were exporting energy, like natural gas, like we talked about in the first segment, 
and that we became the third largest exporter of energy in the world. We wouldn't have had this problem in Europe and their, with their energy dependence on Russia if we would have continued to be energy independent. Hey, the Frank, Green Movement, ask, the Biden administration yeah. killed that, yeah. and now we're back in the problem that we were. You mentioned here, and quickly, even before Vladimir Putin's invasion of the Ukraine, suggest that isolationist beliefs in the United States have increased steadily from 28% in 2019 to 40% at the end of 2021. Is that saying that all these uh, college kids that say socialism is real, socialism is what we want, uh, has it gotten to that point? Well, I, I don't necessarily believe that it's the college kids who are having the epiphany moment. I think your Gen Xers are starting to understand it, and some of the some of the baby boomers are starting to be more vocal. But I think yeah. China had a lot to do with showing people that we are too dependent on other nations as well. Boy. But our our political pendulum slams to the left and then slams to the right, and we've got to slow that pendulum down so that we can exist closer to the middle if we're going to sway at all. And, and that means not jumping from globalism to isolationism. It's using our heads and being smart about it. Let's be self-sufficient and engage with the world in trade to be able to, to use it as a luxury instead of a necessity. We should never need another country for anything. All right. You know, never. There's that, that award-winning music. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate, appreciate the visit. Absolutely. Look forward to the next one. Frank Sabato, S-A-L-B-A-T-O, and uh, Captain's America Third Watch, uh, twice daily, uh, Salem and Genesis Communications, and his website, undergroundusa.com. Joseph Gazzardi is next. You're listening to Underground USA. Be sure to like our podcast, leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, so that the Silicon Valley overlords don't get to interrupt our information flow to you. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. I'm Judson Carroll, and I'm an herbalist. I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. It's available wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It's a show with a conservative Christian worldview, and it's about a lot more than just herbal medicine. It's about an independent way of life, being more self-reliant, less reliant on the government, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and the supply chain. With freedom comes responsibility. Sometimes that responsibility is putting food on the table. Other times it's caring for yourself and your family with home remedies. So give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it, and it may just save your life. 